This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Bulls now 27 and 23 on the season. Four games above 500. That's pretty damn good. I like that a lot. And they win in overtime, 127 to 120. And uh, another good team that they beat. The Heat twice. The Hawks, albeit, you know, without Trey Young, maybe not such a good team, but this looked kind of like a murderer's row week. Uh, people have talked about it in coverage. You know, you have two back-to-backs. The second one coming tomorrow night, obviously, again, versus the Hawks, by the way. But so far in this four games in five days week from hell, the Raptors are 3-0. and oh, Pretty damn good. And yes, the Bulls didn't have, you know, Alex Caruso or Lonzo Ball, but this is a team that had their three max players or near max players obviously Damar even though he's an MVP candidate even though he played 44 in this game gave you 28 6 and 7 and you know he's just been fantastic this year he's not a max guy not truly but you got Damar there you have Zach Levine and you have Nikola Vucevic you know and and along with that like Ayo DeSumo is man he had a really really nice game point of attack on Fred some really slick passing as well and then Javante Green has given Pascal fits, I think, a little bit and really made Pascal pay for some lackadaisical defense, especially off the start of the game. This was uh, Pascal, I think, had kind of cleaned everything up by the end of the game. But the start of this game, I think in the first half, there were three back cuts that led to two free throws and well, a trip to the line and two baskets that I, I would say, even though there was a lot of miscommunication in the Raptors back line over the course of this game, I, I would pretty confidently say that those were on Pascal and probably could have been sniffed out if he had just been a little bit more attentive defensively. But the young guys who are trying to make it in the league, like like Green, he's cutting hard. He If he sees space, he's sprinting towards it, and uh, he made good on it. But yeah, he, he was also a little nice addition for the Bulls in this game, three steals as well. But the Raptors led largely by the starting five plus Boucher. And when I say that, I mean like, Gary Trent Jr. had a down shooting night, which is absolutely okay because he had five incredible, you know, burning hot inferno shooting nights. So going five for 13, 38% from the floor, I'm not particularly mad at it. He did, however, at the end, get a steal that 
really, you know, Fred turned the ball over. He jumped a passing lane as the Bulls were trying to get out. And they're up, I believe, 124 to 120 at this point. The Raptors kind of settle into a Spain pick and roll look. And where, where Gary Trent Jr. is the back screener, Boucher is the big in this situation, just the regular screener, and Fred is on ball. And Gary slips the screen out into space. The Bulls, they get Zach, you know, rotates over to stop the drive. Ayo DeSumo recovers back to Boucher, and Vooch is just playing strictly drop coverage at this point. So what happened was Gary Trent floated into wide open space. Fred made a really good pass, and Gary Trent hit a shot that kind of helped close this game out. That was awesome to see. Uh, really great play down the end. Like, hit a shot that he has to hit, but made a defensive play that by no means is expected of him, but was hugely important in that um, in that part of the game. Pascal, who had like a, a kind of a, as far as offensive production, a little bit more of a quiet second half, still ended up leading the team in points. He had 25 points, 13 boards, 7 assists. And really, this is kind of like he has 25 points and maybe like 9 or 10 boards. But there were a couple times he just had horrific luck around the basket kind of finishing like these things were touching every single part of the rim and rolling out the bulls are ganging up on him in there but he thinks he has a shot at it he's trying to put it up and it was heavy it was heavily contested area down the stretch and the raptors especially guys like og gary trent and fred excellent adjustments as three-point shooters to make the bulls pay for kind of sitting in the paint to really focus on pascal that was their adjustment. They were more paint-oriented defensively and especially as help side and dig downs on Pascal than they were in the first half because Pascal tore them to shreds in the first half. He had like 15 points, like six assists. He, he, was, he was tremendous. And then the second half, just with shots not falling, there was a little bit less responsibility as well. And they went to OG post-ups a lot more. Um, if you go to raptorsrepublic.com, you can see... Um, a great article written by um, Aiden Moss that talks about how the Raptors have been working through the post a little bit more often and lately. And, you know, that's one of the classic tenets of this roster building is that you look at the guys they play. And this this was clear the last time they played the Bulls, by the way. They went to OG in the post a lot because they thought that was a, a place they could take advantage of. They went to that late in the game and quite a bit more in the second half. And when you have guys, a team that's jumbo in the middle, it gives you unique opportunities to cross-match with other teams and hunt mismatches and stuff like that. So defensively, the Raptors are capable of cross-matching without um, giving up a mismatch. But offensively, typically that's available for them to take advantage of. Pascal really doing it in the first half and then kind of piecemeal by the team. OG, Fred, uh, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, all putting in a little bit of work themselves, especially in the second half. And OG, I thought, was was awesome. <laughs> I mean, the two threes in overtime were so fantastic. Like the, the step back on DeMar where he gave him that, that Jason Tatum, that forearm shiver, which is absolutely an offensive foul. You go to the last two-minute report, it will be in there. But they didn't call it in the game. OG steps it back, corner triple. That's cold as ice, brother. And then gets a pass. Right in DeRozan's eye, another three. And and like to, to his credit, by the way, DeRozan was cooking the hell out of the Raptors on the other end. I think mean, he scored like 10 out of 12 points in the last, I think, two minutes of the fourth to the first, I don't know, two or three minutes of overtime. He was really, really sharp himself. And oh, yeah. Okay, so I, I was musing on Twitter 
the other day about like, okay, so I was going through some of the Raptors clutch statistics and, you know, the reflection of how they performed and how different guys were shooting and that kind of stuff. And I had said, you know, my favorite way for them to organize an offensive possession if they need to score is either one of Fred or Pascal on ball, OG in the weak side corner, Gary Trent in the strong side to help support it if there's one pass away since he's such a good shooter. And I like Scotty in the dunker spot. And I received a little bit of pushback from people saying, why Scotty in the dunker spot? Why not put him in the corner as well? Because you're looking at a guy that, well, he gives more spacing. And I said, well, if he's in the dunker spot, you look at the heat game, he was only able to get to that, the free throws after attacking the offensive glass to tie the game up because he was in close proximity to the basket. And, you know, that happened again. And because Scotty doesn't provide the same type of spacing, like he can stand in the corner. That doesn't mean that teams are going to respect him there. That doesn't create spacing necessarily. Oftentimes it doesn't. But anyway, they put him in the dunker spot, the tying tip. One more tip to tie the game. Scotty Barnes, hell yeah. They put him in the dunker spot. They used, well, it's not like, <laughs> I didn't draw this up. This isn't ingenuity. I just said like, this is my favorite orientation for the offense. And they did it to tie the game. So I was pretty pleased with that. And hell yeah, Scotty Barnes. I mean, you tie two big games by being just a menace around the rim, getting those extra possessions in and really leaning into the ethos of the Raptors offense, which is like, we're going to get extra possessions. And it's going to get us some extra points, more than we would naturally get. So we're hunting those down. And they did in this game. It was awesome. Uh, Just a really, really fun game. There was a little bit of a run in the fourth quarter that was maybe uh, concerning because Zach Levine, I I don't want to pick on Gary Trent Jr. too much for this, but OG Ananobi picking up DeMar DeRozan full court is much different than Gary Trent Jr. picking up Zach Levine full court. The athletic disparity between Zach Levine and Gary Trent Jr. far outpaces OG Ananobi and DeMar DeRozan. OG can legitimately help, you know, take seconds off the clock, remove a lot of the potency of the initial action that the Bulls are running by picking DeRozan up and by not letting them get into their offense. And he won't get beat. Like, DeMar isn't just going to sprint past OG. OG will be able to keep pace, push him to a sideline, make him redirect, all that kind of stuff. Gary picks up Zach Levine and just immediately is beat. And you're sprinting back, trying to get back into the play. The Bulls get a two-on-one immediately. And Vooch gets the easiest shot of his life because Pascal has to lift to, to contest Levine at the rim. And it's like, why did you bother doing this? This also happened, you know, Scotty Barnes also did this with Jimmy Butler. Why Why are the Raptors doing this? You have to, like, it's OG, it's Pascal, it's Fred, or it's nobody. Scotty and Gary, they don't have the facilities for that right now. Maybe maybe someday with certain, you know, certain matchups, certain whatever, that's going to work. But in my estimation, a lot of the full court press from a singular person, when the Raptors have the press on, three-quarter court, half-court, full-court, whatever they're running. I find as a team, it's a lot more effective, yes, especially in these crazy spurts in like the third quarter or something. But as far as just sending one guy to pressure the ball, I don't like it. This isn't TJ McConnell, okay? The NBA's leader all-time in backcourt steals because I think they only started tracking it in like 2008 or something. But, you know, there's just very little upside to that, especially 
with some of the players on the roster. So I didn't like that either. They they gave up some easy looks just from that. And also, you know, it has to be added. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Vucevic. They're an immensely talented trio. But at the end of the day, the Raptors have been performing as a, like a top-tier elite defense in a lot of these games. And you look at, you know, with the overtime, it makes a little bit more sense, these numbers. But Pascal plays 45 in this game. Finally was available to some degree to avoid foul trouble. So Nick Nurse is smashing the minutes button on him. And you see a guy like Pascal, really, there. this wasn't a night off for him defensively. He certainly had really nice stretches, but this was... Um, a little bit of a break from the, I don't know, like six games in a row of just intensely maybe one of the best five defenders in the NBA type performances. This was him taking a step back, being a little bit more lackadaisical. And then just as a team, the miscommunications were were far and wide as well. So that was part of it. Even Fred was a little bit not so sharp. But OG, I think, had just a really, really strong defensive game. OG, OJ, OG was as solid as it gets defensively. And the decision-making offensively, the shooting was awesome. Yes, that is 100% certain, of course. But the passing was also really tight, too. He made some really, really nice passes out of doubles, out of just single coverage if somebody's cutting right into a lane that's open or just hitting guys when they're open, you know, against a moving weak side defense, picking out the right guy. The passing was really tight. And yeah, Pascal, I did skim over the first half a little bit, but the passing shouldn't be understated what he was able to do in the first half, the control he had over the game. He was really, really great on that end. And these were the types of passes. These aren't cheap assists. They're not even medium assists. These are the highest quality assists that lead directly to a layup. You know, it's like you get you get a double from the baseline where where the Bulls send two to him, right? And OG, he's cutting along the baseline. He gets a dunk. And the Bulls also saw that cut and tried to shade to him. But Pascal made a crisp enough pass, a surgical enough pass, that the ball still made it through. OG got a dunk. And then he's, you know... Pascal brings the ball up the floor. Precious is up by the basket doing the early work. He boxes and seals um, DeSumo, and Pascal puts that right on the money. Then after a tip ball, you know, big shout out to the tip, right to Pascal. Scotty is out on the break like a wide receiver, and Pascal hits him right in stride, gets a layup like that, and just really, really great passing craft in this game. Even though he only shot 9 of 22, and really, like... (laughs) It's closer to like nine of 18, like these mad scramble tips and stuff like that. They counted and they they really boost his rebounding numbers. But are these shots where he gets to focus and all that kind of stuff? Not really. But if you want the rebounds, Pascal, I guess you get the rebounds. If you want the field goal percentage, tough luck, I guess. But his first half shouldn't be understated. But the guy I was most impressed with over for the totality of this game was probably OG Ananobi. And this is relative to expectations, of course, but it would be OG and Chris Boucher. And Chris Boucher was so good in this game, and he was the embodiment. I wrote a piece about him last month, and I said, he's been so good for a month. And I I sat across from him when he was talking about his meditation and kind of watching more film and getting into these, you know, a more holistic approach to basketball because he was thinking too much and he wanted to be a little bit more reactionary and to do the things that had maybe he'd gotten away from a little bit. And since then, his finishing inside has been much better. His cutting has been much better. And his offensive rebounding has been much better. Not only that, but the defense was really strong. He checked in overtime 
for Scotty Barnes because Scotty Barnes was limping and immediately got a, a steal. And I, I don't know if they credited him with that steal. He finished with two in this game. But he made quite a few defensive plays that popped. He helped clean the glass. He added so much pressure on the offensive glass because Pascal with five offensive boards. Chris with five offensive boards. Precious with five offensive boards. Banton with three offensive boards. They were putting tons of pressure. And it helped that that, that foursome, they got two stints in this game. It's not the Funk Fest quartet, but it's certainly something close to it, right? And it was just really cool to see those guys put the pressure on the glass. And Boucher was wonderful with it. And the defense, I thought, was really sharp. And the ability to finish inside. 16 points on 14 shots isn't crazy, but... He's giving the Raptors offense off the bench, and he's being helpful. He's getting out in transition. He's cutting into the dunker spot. He's getting extra possessions on the glass. He was just, Chris Boucher deserves a lot of love for this performance. He was really great. And then, you know, you get the trio of Fred, Gary Trent Jr., who I talked about a bit already, so I'll leave him in the past, but Fred and Scotty Barnes. So Scotty, this was a, a mystifying defensive game, I would say, because he had some possessions that were just brilliant where he's like matching DeMar DeRozan, matching like mirroring him as a defender and making him shoot really difficult shots or just blanketing, blanketing him and making him get rid of the ball. That's awesome. But also on the other side, as a help side defender and as like a rotational guy, he got lost on well over like, it, I saw like eight or nine possessions where it just seemed like he had no idea where to be. And I, I don't mean to like pick on Scotty at all. It's just... This was the reality of the game. Pascal, as I said, was also had like directly correlated to his laziness on defense. Six points. That's a pretty big deal. Six points, it may not seem like that much in a game where 120 is scored, but Pascal, just because he's being lazy defensively, giving up six points, not good. Of course, Pascal is still a good defender. It, it's it's not that serious, but this this was how the game played out. And Barnes was really, really lost on so many uh defensive possessions. The good thing though is that the offense, I thought he fit in so well, cutting into space, running out in transition, really helping out on the offensive glass, and on top of that, hitting two out of four threes, that tipping at the end, and not to mention, you know, something I talked about in that big piece I wrote about him, where I watched every possession, right, and I charted it, and I said, wow, I've really focused in on Scotty, was that his ability to turn in air and square to the basket is one of the best I've ever seen. He's so malleable as a finisher. He had Nikola Vucevic, this huge monstrosity of a man in single coverage in overtime, backed him down, and he was facing the three-point line. He doesn't really know where the basket is, but he leaves his feet, puts his body into Vucevic, and he finds the rim. Of course, he put it off glass, but he found the rim off glass and in, to, to get a basket late in single coverage against Vooch, who isn't known as like this immensely talented defender. But as far as around the bucket, being able to change shots and affect players, he, he's not as good as they come, but he's certainly good at it. That's, that's him in drop defense. He's a good drop defender. And him at the bucket, he's a good defender. Scotty outfoxed him using his tremendous athletic gifts. It was, it was super fun. And then Fred... Congratulations, you know, you made it to your first All-Star game. That's awesome. It wasn't the strongest game he's ever had. I mean, DeSumo had, he's really, really great at the point of attack. DeSumo is really, really impressive. His footwork, his work rate, both impressed the hell out of me. He got, he denied some screens that I think most players can't. He got over a lot of screens 
with efficiency that I think a lot of players can't. And then on top of that, he was getting back in front of Fred a lot of the time. His point of attack defense was immense in this game. And Fred, he made a lot of quality passes. He made good reads. He he helped the Raptors progress through their offense. And he hit just enough shots um, behind the three-point line and got to the free-throw line for six attempts. That was meaningful. That was good. And so it wasn't a sterling performance from Fred at all, but he helped move them through the game. And his defense was at a point where you're like, okay, you can play good defense with Fred. He's going to make good rotations. He had quite a few good dig downs in this game. And yes, you know, on a couple occasions, the the Bulls would run an action where Fred ends up on Vucevic and he couldn't be scrammed out of there. And they'd immediately enter like, boom, the ball is right into Vucevic. And that was a bucket. But that's not really Fred's fault. Like he's cycling through the defense and it, it's up to the Bulls to choose when they shoot. And the Raptors, sometimes you can't scram a guy out of there. And that's not really Fred's fault. Those are his limitations, but that's not his fault. More than anything, though, I just thought this was an immense team performance. Like, you look at the assists, seven from Pascal, six from OG, nine from Fred. The points scored, 25-21, 21-16, 21-16. That's from their top six in this game. And Precious, he came in, and Precious, as always, puts pressure on the glass on both sides of the floor. But the the offense was a little bit of a problem tonight, so he didn't get as much time on the floor as Chris Boucher. Yes, Precious was involved in those funky four-man lineups, of course, because he's a you know an integral part of a lot of those. But the thing is, Boucher was so good in this game that the Raptors opted, okay, we're going for Boucher. That's our guy. And I thought that was really fun. Delano Banton as well deserves quite a bit of love. Um, not in like, oh, he's doing so much, but... His defense remains, I think, pretty impressive. He had one closeout that I thought he just completely bungled, but everybody bungles closeouts sometimes. You see the best players in the NBA do it. Like even even in Pascal's, you know, um, magnum opus defensive performance against the Heat, like you'll find a closeout where he wasn't the best he could be, where maybe the ball swings to the corner and he shades too hard to the baseline, like maybe makes it a little bit too easy and he forces rotation from the other help side guy. Um, Banton had a few rotations in this game and closeouts that not so great. But when he got the ball, he pushed it. When he didn't have anything to push to, he relocated to a guy who was better at offense in the half court. And he just didn't hit his shots tonight. So them's the breaks, but Banton was good. Birch came in for a short spell, uh, changed the shot at the rim, grabbed the board off of that. But it was, you know, fairly one note besides that. He was he was sliding slowly into the in pick and roll. He didn't get a pass really. And it was just, it was a one note performance. He, he's getting back into the swing of things, obviously, but a hell of a team performance. Reggie Evans award has to be Chris Boucher. I mean, <laughs> hell of a game, like 16 and 10 off the bench. The hustle is palpable. He just did a fantastic job in this game. I think he deserves a ton of love. Okay. Uh, Top quick reaction comment is from Six Hill. Quote, Pascal improved his game all around, but man, his defense is elite. Crazy to see him keep up his defensive intensity for 45 minutes. OG is a cold, cold man, always keeping his composure and clutch in big moments. Scotty is just a winner, period. Future all-star written all over him, end quote. So obviously there's an intersection between your opinion and my opinion. Uh, there's a clash somewhat, right? Like when I'm saying... Well, he gave up these points early on, and these were just lazy defensive possessions. That that doesn't mean that what you're saying is wrong. Like, the defense has been so elite for such a, a prolonged stretch. I would say 
since he came back on December 28th. The moment he stepped back onto an NBA floor, he's been an all-NBA level defender, one of the 10 best in the league. I, I have no problem saying that. And that's completely fair. And he had really good stretches in this game as well. And still, the Raptors defense does not function without him as the linchpin, even when he makes mistakes. I did highlight the mistakes, but I don't think you're I don't think you're wrong in highlighting, you know, how good his defense is. And he certainly had really nice stretches in this game as well. OG, I mean, we all know OG. He has shots. He doesn't shoot to miss, uh, to quote the man himself. And Scotty being a winner and a future all-star uh, co-sign, sir. I think you're absolutely on the ball as well. So, yeah, uh, thanks for writing in, Six Hill. Listener, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy the game tomorrow night. I certainly hope they win it. Trey Young kind of boogied um, tonight, so who knows what kind of shape he'll be in. He just had a great game, and I guess we'll see how the all-star backcourt of Trey Young and Fred Van Vliet go against one another. So we'll see. But thanks for tuning in, whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.